0: Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a Difference Maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. Wadproof Bionic is a revolutionary mobile technology to measure and improve your mobility, flexibility, and range of motion. After completing a series of mobility tests, Bionic has everything needed to build the daily sessions tailored to your body. Bionic will help you perform and recover faster than ever. Perfect. Ready to become Bionic? All right. Download the Wadproof app Welcome, now, guys. Welcome back to the Difference Makers. Today we have with us repeat guests Rob Carson and Anna Mueller. Mueller. Say it. Say it for me.
1: <laughs> Mule.
0: Okay. I. I. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have the accent, and I. It's killing me. It's okay. But welcome back. You guys have both been on the show before, and I. Uh, I appreciate you guys both coming back. So thank you.
2: Thanks for having us. Yes.
0: You guys. Um. You guys were just talking and catching up a little bit, but you guys know each other. Outside of this, you guys actually worked together in the past and you knew each other before I'd met either one of you. Uh, can you explain the relationship there a little bit before we get going?
2: Anna, sure. you can take it. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Um, when I started rowing in 2017, I um, started to do some online um, competitions and at some point Rob must have seen me on Instagram and he reached out to me if he can help me and actually at that point I really did need help so I was very thankful that he did that and um, ever since we've been working together and we met a few times now two times three times something like that yep. so I stayed with Rob in um, New York and we had a great time and I think even though like the last few months we didn't really talk, but I think that's okay because everybody is just busy and I would guess we are still friends.
2: Absolutely. I don't think Rob kicked you to the curb. No. Although I think she may like my wife more than me, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's fair. (laughs) Except that. (laughs) <laughs> so you guys met through the, the rowing world and that's that's kind of you know the reason that we're we're here today to talk about that. But you guys met through the rowing world and uh but primarily on the ergs, correct? Not on the water. Because I think Anna, you just said you're going on the, on ergs, the water yes. for the first time.
1: Yes, correct.
2: Yep. It was all erg stuff in the beginning, and then uh we you know currently got into the water a few years ago and now I'm happy to see that Adam is finally getting in there.
0: Is that a big jump for a lot of people?
2: Um, I I, I would say, yeah, definitely. Especially like in that indoor rowing world, like, um, you know, and what we're going to be talking about here today, a lot of the people with their form and the issues with their form, like they wouldn't be able to stay afloat in the boat um, on the water.
0: Is it that that significant? How much the form plays into on the water rowing?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Lizzie's here.
3: Hey, hey, Liz. Hi. <laughs> <Bye. laughs>
2: She's currently laying um, flooring in our new space, so okay. I got an hour break. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the worst task of setting up a new gym.
2: Oh, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. But yeah, back to that. Like the form is so important. Um, yeah. Because if you're, your catch position's wrong on the water, like, you know, now you're bringing balance into it, and you're, you're just gonna be wet all day falling into the water.
0: Does that commonly happen? Do people fall in often?
2: Yeah, so we have, you know, uh, beginner shells here um, for sculling. And, you know, if you put an experienced rower in this, they would be like, they could probably stand up, do twirls around because there's so much balance for them. But we get people all the time who, you know, have erved for a long time. And then we put them out on the water and they're in the water right away. Okay. Yeah. So Anna,
1: good luck. (laughs) Thank you. It's still warm, actually.
2: (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was it at strength? Was it strength and depth? I believe a few years ago, they did a rowing test on the water with all the athletes.
2: Yeah. They did. Yeah.
0: Did anybody yeah. take a dunk?
2: Well, they use the, um, um, there's like flotation things that go on the side that help mm. keep it. And I'm pretty positive during that competition they had those set up. Okay. So it's it's much harder for them to, you know, tip that boat over.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that's not, Ana, you're not using those.
2: No, I don't use You're just going so. straight for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just going to throw her in and say, you know, are you, are you going actually, in a single? I haven't
1: told them who I am so or what I can do. So Okay,
2: good. That's smart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then put you in that beginner shell, because it, it, it is good to get in it, you know, so you could actually feel what you're doing instead of worrying about the balance right away. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah.
0: So what, what brought you to rowing and to being in the ergs? This is a question for both of you. Like what brought you to this? Because, you know, from an outsider looking in, like from, especially from most CrossFitters perspective, this is just like the thing that's in the middle of a workout to make it obnoxious or uncomfortable and more fatigued. So what, what, uh, brought you to this all?
2: So for me, it was, um, you know, I suffered injuries to my hips and I couldn't really do anything high impact anymore. And I used to really enjoy running and, uh, I played ice hockey and I couldn't do that stuff anymore. So I needed something. And I had a buddy who had a CrossFit gym and he was like, Oh, you got to come in. And I thought he was crazy. Cause I was like, how am I ever going to do CrossFit? But then he explained to me about, you know, the concept Two machine, how it's low impact. So that's how I got into it. It was kind of rehabbing from injuries. And then I saw that, like, even with my injuries, I could still be somewhat competitive, um, at least with myself, you know, pushing myself on that machine with very minimal pain to my hip joints that I was suffering from anything else I was doing. Because even like swimming, like kicking really hard in the water was bothering me. So I needed to find something. I didn't really enjoy the bike as much, Um and rowing is just, you know, total body workout. So I loved it right away.
0: Nice. That's awesome. And Anna, what about you?
1: Um, I have a very sportive background. So I started um, with swimming when I was younger. And like, I did that until I was like a teenager. And then I played European handball. I was riding horses. And then, at some point, it was in 2016, I started CrossFit, and it was just very quickly that I realized that I'm good at the Erics, so, and that's where I got interested.
0: <laughs> got into it. And then you went down yeah, the- Yeah, what was the... your
2: first 2K? It was like seven minutes right there. Yes. <laughs>
0: seven minutes seven, for
1: your first 2K. 7-1 or something. Yeah. So I don't even know if I can my do that very now. First 2K. <laughs> That's
0: So for both of you guys, you guys are coaches as coaches as well as athletes. What are the uh, I guess we'll start with you Rob, but what are the main types of people that you work with? Cuz it's not all high performance athletes, correct?
2: No, it's not. So I you know, I work with ranges of CrossFit athletes from you know, people that are in the games, people that are, you know, just doing it every weekend, every week. Um, here at the gym, we have, you know, a range of kids from 10 years old to people, you know, in their 60s, 70s that um, can still use the rowing machine. As long as, you know, they're doing it properly, you know, the risk for injury is very low. Um, so I love that about it. And then even, you know, people that I've, worked with that do like triathlons and stuff like that. I try to incorporate it into their training as well, because, you know, like for Lizzie, for instance, right now, she's doing the New York city marathon in November, but you know, all that running and, you know, stress on the joints is a lot. So we've been adding in a longer row, um, every week instead of having those two long runs, we're doing like a medium distance run, a long run, and then a longer distance row, so she's, you know, working for a long time, but not putting all that stress, you know, pounding the pavement.
0: Nice. Would you ever sub in uh, like another erg, like the the uh, the um, bike erg or ski in replacement of that?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially for her because she still does, you know, CrossFit competition, so she's got to be able to do all these machines and do them well um so yeah we'll sub that in and then even in class here um we have people that just really don't like row so they'll ride the bike instead some people yeah. even choose the ski over the rower i think they're insane but they do they just yeah. don't they don't really like row the ski you know if you see me on there it's very rare <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: and then Anna, what about you, you just said earlier that you have seminars booked, booked out for the next few weeks.
1: Yes, that's correct. So um, for the past two years, I think I've been working for the German rowing federation and concept to Germany. Um, and we are doing the indoor rowing coaches seminars. So at the end of this day, they get the certification. And, um, but I'm also doing seminars for every athlete in the CrossFit boxes. So, um, I am teaching just technique and, um, tactical stuff and like, uh, the, the technical side of the rower itself. So how yeah. important is it to know my drag factor, everything like that. So, um, they got the whole idea of, um, what benefits I can get out of this. And um, so mainly my, the people that come to my seminars are CrossFitters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much technical, technical things going on with the rower that, I mean, you just mentioned the drag factor that I don't think most people are even aware of. No. So could you explain the drag factor really, really quickly? Like it doesn't have to be a big big yeah, uh, sure. explanation, but explain the drag factor to me because this is something that that people probably have never heard of, but they use the damper and they have no idea yes. what to do with that damper.
2: You're gonna have so- to take your seminar for this.
0: <laughs> oh <hey. laughs> I'm not trying to take money out of your pocket here.
2: <laughs>
1: no. no. Um, so if you go by the damper setting from one to ten then this is only like um, to open and close the drag. So the the amount of air that comes in. Yeah. And um, the drag factor is actually describing the very, um, like the resistance of this rower you're sitting on right now, because you have the um, damper on the side that can open like, flaps and then you also have the metal with the holes Mm -hmm. and of course dirt is coming in and it's closing the holes so if you use an old drawer for example that hasn't been cleaned for a while then if you for example choose a five the damper setting might be on 110 where the new rower might be on a 125 or even 130 at the same damper setting. So you go for a five and it might be a complete different resistance. And the easiest way for me to explain to them to the athletes is always like you don't go into a weightlifting session and do like 10 by 10 reps of back squats and you say, I don't care what weight is on the bar, because This is the mentality you would go in and choose a different temper setting or a different resistance for every single session. This is your base. Choosing your drag factor is your base because that's your weight you're working with. And if this is changing every single time, then you can't really compare the sessions. You don't know where you are and you don't get to know how it feels to do this pace for that long because the weight is different every single time.
0: I've never heard that explained that way. And that was, that was helpful. Yeah,
1: that You're was welcome. good. Anna, I'm stealing that.
0: You can. You can. <laughs> I've never heard that explained that way because I've only ever really factored in just the damper going up and down and kind of roughly explain that to people. It's people, you know, will get on the rower and, I'll look in a 120-pound guy, just flick the row up to 10 because it's harder.
1: Yeah. And then they're doing this on a 20 strokes per minute. <laughs>
0: uh, they, I mean, the beginner's probably doing like 45 strokes per minute trying to just get it done. But and their, yeah.
2: their lower back does not feel good.
0: No. <laughs> so, I mean, these these little factors are all easily controllable but i think one of the big reasons we're here is to talk about the importance of technique in rowing and how much that plays a factor in in overall performance and approach on the rower and like to the to the most basic description why would you say that m- like most crossfit athletes should pay attention to their technique on the rower maybe rob we'll we'll start with you there what's the yeah, importance I mean, of the it, it-
2: it's so important because if, you, if the technique is off, not only is like the pace going to suffer depending on you know what the distance is, like some of these people get away with it when it's a short 10 to 15 calorie row, but like they don't realize what even in that short of a distance, what it's doing to them and what muscles it's taxing more than the others. And then they got to get off the rower and do thrusters or cleans or burpees or anything else. And um, like you were saying, the 45 stroke per minute guy, like if you're doing that for those 15 calories and then you come off and you got to do 15 burpees, you may have to sit there and catch your breath for a second before you start your burpees, where Anna will be sitting next to you and she might be at 28, 30 strokes per minute. Her form is perfect. She's getting off the rower the same time as you, if not before. And then she's going right into her burpees. So it it really is very important and like, you know, this is why Anna, myself, um, other rowing coaches do what we do. Like we're really preaching it because as a CrossFit athlete, especially like it's so vital, like every second matters. So if you could save some seconds by having correct form, like to me, it's a no brainer. Like CrossFitters will spend weekends and days doing Olympic lifting and working on that lift, like rowing needs to be looked at and treated the same.
0: Anna, what are your thoughts there for CrossFit athletes?
1: Yeah, I think um, the same as Rob just said now. And for me, I think that rowing and the other ergs as well can be trained easily. Like it's not as hard to learn as weightlifting although it's very similar actually like if you understand the biomechanics of the weightlifting you should understand the biomechanics of the rowing because it's like there's the strength part and then there's the speed part when you're opening your hips so it's pretty much the same and I think the outcome of adding rowing into your like programming and to spend a little bit more time there is really really big because it's like for myself i'm a very average crossfit athlete but my um my performance in kind of uh the rowing and being good on the ergs and then being crap at gymnastics but still like this kind of middle line, it it takes me to competitions where I shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. So it's like, uh, I think it's very important just to spend time on on the arc and on good technique. It will make life so much easier.
0: I think it's funny because, you know, you you mentioned that how much it ties to weightlifting and how much time are... uh, CrossFit athletes are spending on weightlifting. But the biggest response that we've gotten back and in, in the feedback we've seen from the rowing tests with Wadproof is that everybody has I would say their primary problem within the first few strokes is that they all are bending their arms too early and pulling yes. too early, which is an extremely common problem with most of the athletes in weightlifting as well. So I thought that was such a funny thing of learning the engagement patterns. And then when you're relating it to weightlifting there, well, it's the exact same thing.
1: Yes, because they're not patient. They they want to feel and they want to put power in from the first second. Yeah. But they, and this is like, that's the point where you have to start working smart and not with your strength because rowing is exactly the same. If you do a nice snatch, then it's not that much strength or power you have to put in when you hit the right spot. And when you hit at this very perfect moment, then it will go by itself. And this is the same with the rowing. And then you can apply it stroke for stroke, for stroke, for stroke. So this is, um, but you have to be patient. It's like trust the biomechanics and trust physique of the whole thing yeah yeah,
2: yeah, and then, like the muscle memory part is easier with rowing because it's easier to take ten thousand strokes than do ten thousand cleans, right, so yeah, um, it's just getting people to understand that it's important um, for them to actually take those ten thousand strokes <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. yeah. instead of
2: crying about a you know a rowing wad in in, in their their gym that day. <laughs>
0: I feel like you're you're trying to call somebody out right there. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No comment. No. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, and it's funny, like you know, I've watched a lot of the the rowing tests that we've seen come through on the waterproof social pages, and that, and and it's funny because I look at them and and how they're rowing, and then I go back and watch them move with weightlifting and things like that, and it's like it's muscle memory. Like you just said, it's a lot of muscle memory and learning the efficiency. It's crazy how much this is going to translate for people to other things. If they, they consciously go about it that way, if they consciously are trying to connect the dots with different movements, you know, like this is no different than, doing a lot of the other things and being patient and learning timing and learning the right engagement patterns, you know, that could be said for the timing on pull-ups or something like that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, now when we were watching, when you guys were watching the CrossFit games this year and they started the final workout with a thousand meter row, but they had to be within a certain time frame. What did you see were you seeing people who were being a little bit more frantic trying to row this cuz they were worried about their paces did you see people go okay you know that's that's a very obtainable time as long as i kind of am relaxed with it like wh- what was the you know what did you see on athletes during that event
2: Well, I think they even made it a little more difficult by the screen they used, right? Didn't they use the screen where you couldn't even really see your projected finish?
1: Oh, yeah. So they
2: had to just know. Yeah, like I had athletes, you know, that I work with messaging me um, and the coaches messaging me saying, you know, what do they have to hold for that, you know? Um, And then they had to just basically stay under that. So some people, you know, if they didn't really know – what it felt like to stay at that pace um they may have you know went a little faster than they really had to because you know if you told what was it for the women 340? 340
0: 340 yeah, for the women, women and 315
2: yeah like like Anna could get on there and do that no problem and stay where she's 149.9 you know so she's not you know, overtaxing herself because then she knows those bar muscle-ups were waiting for her.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, 50 thrusters first. Yeah. And then, and then 30 bar muscle-ups. But all Anna
2: would have been thinking about that workout was the bar (laughs) muscle-ups. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, uh, I liked it. I liked that they did that. Um, and I did like that they did that with the monitor. Yeah. Uh, Because like normally, like in Jackie, you could kind of like put a little game plan into it where you're going to start fast. And then every 200, you might get a little bit slower. Um, So this way you're coming off like I've had athletes in the past in that last hundred meters. You know, if I wanted them to hold the two minute pace in the last hundred, they're holding like 220 to like really just clear it out and get ready for the thruster. But you couldn't really do that there because you couldn't see what the projected finish was.
0: No. And I mean, yeah, they could see where they were time-wise and they could see the, I think the meters counting down. Yeah. Yeah. And then their elapsed time. But I think we only saw two athletes not finish of the six heats. Well, three men, three three women's heats. So, I mean, it was pretty obtainable, but you also saw Pretty much every athlete just walk to the bar and take their sweet time before they picked up the, that bar in their thrusters.
2: Yeah. I thought, um, you know, I thought it was a fast pace for the men. <laughs> um, <laughs> but maybe just that's because just. Because it's your
3: 1K time. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Honestly, like right now, like, yeah, it is. And I was like, wow, that's aggressive. Where Lizzie was like, I could do that no problem over and over again. So, um,
0: Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that was about a 137 pace,
2: 140
0: yeah. pace. No, you couldn't go at a 140 pace. So you had to hold about a 137 wow.
3: pace for I think the think it
2: run. was 37.5, right? It was 315. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I could still do that, but it would have hurt.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, but for women, you know, holding a 150 pace, 140? Is that
1: yeah,
0: 50. yeah. That's a big difference. Um, I
1: think, but I, I think, think it is. yeah, I think games athletes should be able to hold that for three minutes and forty seconds. So
0: yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Did you Absolutely. see people like their technique breaking down just from a um, you know a broadcast standpoint, or did you see? people being efficient? Or did it have more to do with kind of experience on the erg? Like, what was the general consensus when you were watching that?
2: Anna, you could go first.
1: Mm, Well, I think, looking back the last years, I think the technique um, overall is getting better. So, um, I think there is improvement or you can tell that athletes are paying attention to this, but then you could tell by how relaxed the athlete was, who is really working on the rowing and who knows the pacing because they just have a different look on their face and different relaxation of the muscles and everything. So, um, yeah, it's, and then it's, it's the brain fuck as well. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, you you know, there's a lot of pressure when you know that you have to have a certain time. And it wasn't, like, an easy time. It's, like, you can pace around a lot. So you had to go um, fast. And I think um, the athletes, and you could, as I said, tell by their face, their look, their concentration, like, on the monitor, you could tell who is, like, kind of... um, who knows w- w- where they are and if they will get there with this kind of pace and you could tell who was in stress. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, like people that know the monitor and know pacing, you know, you pay attention to the first five hundred. If you're under that one fifty for that first five hundred, you know, you're in good shape.
1: Mm.
0: Now, with the uh, the implement of that the narrow time frame, do you think that's something that we'll commonly see, where people are being forced to do uh, rowing within a certain time frame, or do you think that that was a very specific case?
2: I mean, it fit well with that workout. I feel like, yeah. Um, I don't know. So I don't know if we'll see it again. You you never know, but I felt like it fit well with that, that design workout.
0: Yeah. With the, uh, the athletes that you coach, how much time do you spend on more of the specifics of the technique on the rower and how to properly work the erg versus just doing more, um, intervals and things like that?
2: I mean, for all of them, you know, I'm constantly checking in, having them send video, doing, you know, a Zoom session with them, um, if I can, working with them in person. So we're constantly doing that, especially if somebody really is having trouble with it. Um, And then some of my other athletes that don't need that as much, every now and then they may send a video like, how does this look? Or... Um, but for the most part, they're just worried about their workouts each day. So it's a, it's a good mix of both.
0: Yeah. Anna, what about you there?
1: Um, actually, most of the time I'm doing like one-on-one sessions as a start of working together. And um, if they're getting the programming and they're doing the workouts, I get feedback. And if I can tell from the numbers that there is um, something not right. I will look at the technique again. So, you know, if they're not getting faster, or for example, if they established a certain technique, then we um, move a little bit further and we look into the fine tuning and everything like that. So, but um, most of the time my athletes, I don't have like um, athletes like Rob that are, under my programming so I do the seminars and then I have a few athletes they will um, come back to me and ask me again after like some time if I can have a look again for the technique but um, so for me most of the time it's like a one hour where we where I explain everything where we have a look at the technique and then they have to train themselves first they have to kind of repeat and then try to fix things. And then we have a look again.
0: Nice. Okay. So little different styles there. I'm trying to find a video really quickly here, but what did you think of the, uh, the team rowing where they were both on the erg the the sliders? (laughs) Yeah. The two ergs at the same time.
2: I thought it was very unique and cool. And honestly, like Anna could tell you, she spent some time on those slides as have I, um, it's not the easiest thing to do. And especially with somebody else. Um, I didn't get to see too much of that, so I don't know how it actually looked, but I heard it went better than, you know, what I was thinking it was going to go at least.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Was that, um, so that is something that is commonly used in the rowing world, correct? Like that's not just something that CrossFit made up.
1: No, no, no. Um, The slides have been there for a long time and um, we have some competitions where they have like um, teams on slides as well. So I saw that in the European championships two years ago, they had that. And, um, I think for my training, it's softer on the joints and you can actually go faster with it because you can rate much higher. And I really like the slides. And I think it was a cool idea to do this for the teams because you have to play together. Yeah, There's no way around it. Yeah.
0: Let's see if we can show this here. There we go. Let's pause this. Because actually, there's a a local competition to me here, and they use the uh, they have used them before in competition. Mm. So, oh, is that full screen for you guys?
2: Just what? Yeah, now it is. Yeah, yeah there
0: that's we go. Perfect. So you can see here, there's two athletes in this situation. It looks like two male athletes, one on each rower and so kind of explain what's happening there they had to both push at the same time and pull at the same time like how does that pairing work together on that to be more efficient
2: so what i i would have my you know athlete that's setting the pace up in the front um as your like stroke seat you would call it um And then the person behind them is, you know, staying with them. But you could see in that clip there, it looked like the person in the back was really like opening that hip early because they were, you know, rushing to stay with the person in the front. So it, it is extremely difficult, especially for, you know, CrossFit athletes who, you know, probably have never been on the slides once before in their life.
0: And that I think was a situation too where they kind of had to figure it out on the fly.
1: Yeah yeah.
0: Um, is it intuitive to do that or are you are you kind of out of sync at the beginning?
2: So when we first got the slides here, um, I spent probably like three days. Just going back and forth, slamming into the front, the back, the front, the back. Um, Because I wasn't being patient. I was trying to, like Anna said, like you can technically go faster on there. So, like, I was like, oh, I'm a pretty good rower. So, I'm going to get on there and I'm going to be able to go really fast. And I actually, like, hurt my back a little bit, too. Because, like, I was trying to do too much too fast. And... Lizzie was just laughing at me because she was like, you got to go slow in the beginning because she like picked it up like that. And I was just slamming into the front, slamming into the back. So <laughs> it took it took me a couple of days to really get it. So I can only imagine like these poor athletes <laughs> in the middle of the CrossFit games. They're like, here you go. Um, it's not the easiest thing, but when you do have patience, like you heard Anna say earlier about the rowing stroke, um, you can learn it. You can learn it
1: fairly quickly it's um it's much more sensitive than the static rower because what is changing is that you actually move the rower underneath you so you push with your legs and you pull it back with your legs as well so it's kind of a push and pull with the legs game but not that much with your with your arms but then the same time you need a little bit more of, um, of uh, core stability as well to make it kind of stable as well. So, But the moment you realize that you push with your legs and then you pull it back with your legs, once you get that, I think, and you have the strong midline, that's it. You can go fast.
0: Okay. And now is that more similar to what, uh, a boat would be like on the water.
2: It, no, it, it mimics it it a lot more than the static machine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the feedback too, that we're getting about rowing is that when people are saying that when they row with correct technique, that they are (laughs) feeling like they're rowing slower and they can't row fast. What, what type of feedback do you have for them on that? Maybe Anna, let's hear from you first.
1: You mean that the pace is getting slower first?
0: I think that what they they're feeling is more that they're not moving as fast. So yeah,
1: I mean it's um, again they have to be patient. What I do in my seminars is actually um, at the beginning, I let them warm up. I say nothing about technique or what to do with the rower. And I start my seminar with a 250 meter test. So all out, just go. And I repeat it after three hours. And I would say 95% have a faster time after three hours of actually working um, than in the first test. And um, most of them, I would say another or the same 95% would say that it actually felt easier now. So of course you have to take one step back and then build up again from there, because you have to get a different feeling for connection and from where to create the power. So you have to relearn in the end.
0: Do you think that, Um, stroke rate has a lot to do with that too with why they're feeling like
1: that no it it shouldn't be like that no no
2: but but you'll hear and i'm sure anna you hear this all the time um in your gym or um during the seminars like they'll be next to somebody and they're like i'm going in and out of the machine the same speed as them why are they finishing before me Cause they're not understanding the power that's going into each stroke. Like we hear that yeah. all the time
0: here. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that we commonly see from, I would say beginners, but then also people who don't realize the impact of an efficient pull and a strong pull or, or a connected pull
1: mm. that
0: the, uh, people feel like they're getting more done because their stroke rate is so much higher, but realistically they're, you know, they're just moving around quickly, but they're not actually being efficient and and gaining anything from that.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, It always depends on your goal. If you just want to have a good sweat, then it's okay. Do it. Fair. (laughs) That's
0: a fair point. When athletes are trying to, Uh, Do something like an all out 250 or um, even like a, you know, like a finishing kick on a row. How much do you say technique go out the window and just pull as hard as you can or move as fast as you can? What are your stance on what is your stance on that?
2: So, for me, it's easy because I could you know I'm not the fastest in the world, especially in a sprint, so I'll use the excuse that i, I try to make the technique look so good during that, and that's what slows me down um, but honestly, like it's tough because like some people they're just like their capacity to do certain things, especially in a short distance like um some of the best hundred meter times in the world ever by these like big power lifter guys that if you put them out in a boat i don't even think they would be able to you know balance for a second they just keep tipping over but they pull these incredible times like that you know i couldn't even dream of pulling one stroke at the time they're finishing with their average so I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. Um, are you gonna get a, a big guy? Like, didn't Brian Shaw have the hundred for a while, right? I like, think. Are you so. gonna get? Yeah. Like, is he gonna change his form? No, he's gonna say, you know, four guys stand on the front. Don't let that machine jump up. And <laughs> you know, Anna has you know a good friend who is what is Pavel six nine. Yeah. So, and he has incredible form, right? Incredible form. But like that guy, Brian Shaw could probably beat him in that hundred meter, you know? Um, So you, you look at it like that and it's like, are you going to really change them? Are they going to change? Probably not because they're doing what they want to do.
0: But there's a, I guess that there's a point where weight and size plays such a massive factor in how hard you can pull on that on the rower.
1: Yeah, but I think it's basically the the shorter distances. Um, Yeah. If you have a look at the 250, for example, so the guys, the average guy will be around 40 seconds. So and you can already tell after 30 seconds that the form is falling apart. And um, we come back to the physique. And the biomechanics, because what you do is you push with your legs. So you create the power in your feet. And then this power, this energy has to travel through your body to come into the handle. Okay. And then into the chain, into the machine. So if you start breaking in your body tension, then the energy you push with your legs, you create with your feet is gone, you know? So you can push as hard as you want, but it's not getting into the machine. And then you have to think about the balance between working hard and the outcome. So when I see like um, we stay with the 250, when I see them falling apart, I tell them keep your heels on the plates and shorten your stride so they can create the tension in midline again. And they won't lose this energy and they're writing up and then so they can finish and the technique is getting better again. So it's like there are ways and you have to train this, of course, to stay in a good technique for longer, but it's always the good technique means that you're transferring the energy that you're creating.
0: Yeah. This is, I feel like all things that people need to do and, and practice and, and keep hammering home in order to, to really get it. Now I keep thinking about how useless some of my rowing strokes are.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: When you guys, um, I mean, you both have been in, involved with the uh, bionic rowing feature for a little bit now and you guys have both seen it kind of as it's grown here for uh, Wadproof you know taking aside you know development and things like that where do you see the future of this uh type of technology and like what vision do you have for that in the next i don't know few months like what where do you see that this could go or what would you like to see uh being done so we can grow it
1: go ahead anna well um i'm watching the videos of different athletes trying yeah. the, um, the bionic rowing and I'm amazed how like within the 20 strokes they try to change technique and actually like the last strokes look so much better than the first ones and my wish would be that they realize <laughs> that they can do so much more and then they call me or Rob and say can you please help <laughs> <it on> me <laughs> Yeah. So it's kind of a business for us as well but um no I think it's a, it's really it's cool and I tried it it's very very sensitive yeah and I think it's just it's it's awesome I never thought that it's going to be that accurate yeah.
0: yeah yeah
2: the technology is very cool
0: mm. So the the accuracy surprised you
1: Yeah it did.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like think even that's
2: the speed of like the feedback I thought was impressive too, because like, like I was expecting, you know, maybe you're, you're watching it, you're seeing it and then, you know, it, like, but right as I'm seeing it, they're, they're seeing it and they're bringing it to light to that athlete right away, which is very, very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I think some people who are d- using it at first think that it's broken because <laughs> it keeps telling them the same thing and they think they're changing something. So they're like this thing can't be right, but it's the yeah. opposite where it's actually extremely accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And people just aren't making those uh, those changes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so but like knows. like Anna could tell you this too. Like if you're standing right next to an athlete, and you're like even something is as easy as the handle height where they're pulling the handle to their chest or to their belly button at times. And you're like, pull it a little higher, pull it to your chest. They do another one to the belly button, pull a little higher, pull to your chest, another one to the belly button. And they're looking at you like, I'm doing what you're saying. And you're like, no, you're not, you know? (laughs) So I would have to like take a video, get them to stop, show them, you know? So it is cool that it's like, you know, it's doing it just in real time like that.
3: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for joining the Difference Makers again. And thanks for helping with uh, some of the development on the back end of the, uh, the app because I know you guys have both been involved with it.
1: It's been great fun.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Actually, who I forgot if they if everybody wants to check in with you guys, um, where can they find you? Tell us a little bit more, Anna. Let's start with you. Anna Julia, yeah, you see my you Insta see, there. <laughs>
1: you
0: can see it there. So if you want to check in, you're on Instagram. And then if you're in Germany, it's in Germany, correct?
1: Yes.
0: You're going to be running clinics, uh, some rowing clinics for the next couple weeks. Where are your clinics Pretty coming? Pretty
1: much every up? weekend. Yeah. Yes. And then
2: hopefully we get her to New York soon.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to come. <laughs> And
0: then Rob Carson, Concept Conditioning, and you're at – tell me your gym again.
2: So we're in Oceanside, New York. Um, It's the south shore of Long Island.
0: Awesome. South shore of Long Island. Okay. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up soon, I'm sure. Thank Thank you. you. Take care, guys. Bye. With the Wadproof Pro Experience, you'll get instant access to training programs from some of the best coaches on the planet. From full training programs in the gym and at home, to movement specific programs for weightlifting, gymnastics, engine, endurance, rowing, and more. We have a program that is designed for your needs whether you are a beginner or a pro.
3: Every training session introduces a series of questions. Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For Wadproof Pro athletes, also this question What can I learn from that workout? With a Wadproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox from a full featured exercise log to side by side comparisons to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. You have at your fingertips everything you need to learn to make progress and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students. And with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.